I'm your host, Nick Ginsberg, and you're listening to The Open Drive, a podcast focusing on authentic living and defining your own path against the odds. Welcome to episode four. I'm thrilled as always to have you listening. Thank you so much. Hello to any new people that are listening and welcome back to Return Listeners. Just a reminder, if you are listening, please make sure you are following on Instagram, both the podcast account, which is at The Open Drive, and my personal account, which is at Nick Ginsberg. Please make sure you flick me a DM when you do this, and I'd love to hear your story. Remember, this is a very much a two-way street, so I'd love to get to know you guys a bit better as you get to know me better through these podcasts. The other thing I need you to do... Now, this is actually quite important, so please make sure you've got a pen and paper ready, is just hit subscribe. So if you're whatever platform you're listening on, if you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever... Just hit subscribe for me, please. I would I would love it. And it makes sure that you keep up to date with episodes as they become available. I wouldn't want you to miss out now, would I? In today's episode, I want to talk about a specific period in my life. And I want to do this, A, because I think it'll bring some context to some of the conversations we have later on. Um, also, it's important, I feel, to share this story so that people understand the impact that mental health and addiction can have on children. And this is not to shame or to bash my parents or anyone else that is struggling with mental health or addiction. Um, That's not what this is about. This is purely about sharing my story to help others that may have gone through a similar situation. Um, And really so that people understand what happens and that you aren't alone if you're going through this. So it's really, uh, it can be quite dark, quite heavy. Now on that note, a final reminder, well for this episode anyways, this podcast covers some dark themes. So we will talk about childhood trauma, addiction, mental health. Just need to give you fair warning on that one. So what I want to do in this episode is take you back to a magical time. So get ready to jump in your time traveler's outfit. I expect there to be some form of silver um, and a crazy hat and maybe a hoverboard. We're going to jump in a time machine and go all the way back to the mid 90s. So we're looking at 94 to, I don't know, 98, (laughs) something around there, 99. So We are going to go back to this time. I'm going to share with you some stories that happened to me during this time. So buckle up. So put your seatbelt on. We're in for a ride. Now, around 1994, 95, we moved from what was a place that we owned or that my parents owned, I should say. Uh, We lost that place due to uh, my mum's partner, Louise, her her gambling. And mum obviously played a part in it as well with her addictions as well. We moved to a rental place in Arundel and we lived on a street called Open Drive. I'll give you a moment to piece all the puzzles together. You can guess that is why I've called this podcast the Open Drive podcast. I've done it for two reasons though. So the first reason is 
I think I think open drive is a lovely thing to think about. So you're going for an open drive, wind down, carefree, you're deciding where you go. The other reason though is that was quite a traumatic time of my childhood. Uh, it was it was really rough. I'm not going to sugarcoat that. Um, it's taken me, as I said last episode, it's taken me a long time to be able to uh, accurately uh, describe what's happened in my childhood and what, what I feel about it. Because I used to sugarcoat it and pretend like it wasn't bad. That was pretty crap. So uh, that period was, was quite tough. Uh, I want to reclaim that. I want to reclaim that location. I want to reclaim that street. And it is going to be something happy and useful, and I want it to help others. So that is why I call the podcast The Open Drive Podcast. Okay, so enough of that. So we moved, yeah, 94, 95, I think. I had just started dancing, which was a phenomenal outlet for me. Uh, It was everything. Uh, You heard me before I danced from 7 to 13 uh, at Happy Feet Performance Academy, my dance teacher, Kathy, phenomenal woman, took me under her wing, as did her seven brothers and sisters and her parents. Um, but that was a ball. I loved it. I did everything but ballet. Me in tights is not a pretty look. Um, just throwing it out there. There's a mental uh, image for you. My apologies. <laughs> so I did everything. I did tap, I did jazz, I did hip hop, I did funk, I did uh, contemporary. I loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. It was at this time that home life really started deteriorating as well. So mum got cancer, so she had breast, ovarian, and then breast again. And she had chemo, and she was going through a pretty rough time with that. Both of their addictions got worse. The only time mum really didn't drink was during chemo, though. Uh, So she really focused on her health, which was amazing. Um, But at that point, Louise got worse, and so wasn't really respite for anyone. Um, So as you can imagine, this period of my life, there was some really rough moments. Um, A good five years of consistent, uh, for lack of a better word, trauma. And then on the flip side, it was when I had the best time dancing. It was also around this age that I really fell in love with music, (laughs) hilariously, because, you know, started dancing and then I discover music. I'm very original. Um, So I... I hadn't really kind of latched onto an artist like people had done with like the Beatles or whatever, or the Backstreet Boys, to be perfectly honest. But when the Spice Girls came out in 1996, that was my jam. Those five girls represented freedom. They represented rebellion. They, sure, they spoke about girl power, but to me, everything that they were saying is what I wanted. They wanted to fight against what society and the system would think of them. I knew I wanted to start doing the same thing. They spoke about freedom, about reclaiming themselves. Like, for those of you that hate on the Spice Girls, first of all, uh, meet me out back. 
<laughs> but actually, they were phenomenal. Sure, they're no Whitney Houston. I totally get that. But they wrote every single one of their songs. I'll let that sink in. If you didn't know that, there's a bit of fun fact that I didn't think, I don't think you realise you were going to get today. They wrote every single song. Their songs are so good. And they can instantly bring me back to a really joyous moment, which is having fun around my house. I used music to deal with everything that was going on at home. So if you're listening to this and you've experienced uh, addiction or mental health struggles yourself or within your family, you know that there is a time period where you need to escape if you're having to deal with it all the time. For me, that was music. And I'm going to dive into this topic a bit deeper in another episode because I think it is something that's really interesting and uh, quite a good method of being able to to talk through emotion. Um, Again, I'm not a psych. I'm just sharing what worked for me. And I, yeah, I just, I really lent on music during that period. I I actually remember a a bit of a flashback. So I had this bunk bed, keep in mind I'm an only child. I had those bunk beds. I don't know whether you remember from the nineties, but there was a double bed at the bottom and a single bed at top. So what was I doing with all that bed space, first of all? Like, what was the point? Um, also, I never had friends over. I never had sleepovers. And particularly at that point, because who knew what would be happening in the house? So I never had sleepovers. That was never an option for me. I would go to other people's places, um, but I usually didn't cope so well when I did that. Uh, so, But I would never have people over at mine. And so what was I doing with all that bed space? But I remember laying on my bed, just listening to music. Later on, I ended up getting, I got a, I think it was a different bed. Who knows? I don't know what happened to the existing bed. But listening to music just constantly. It was everything. Absolutely everything. Some of the most joyous moments in that period came from the Spice Girls hilariously. I remember, I think it was mum's birthday or maybe it was mother's day, but I put the CD on and I sang Mama, the Spice Girls song Mama to my mum. I don't know where Louise was. She must've been out gambling or something, but I remember singing it to mum. Now let's not fool ourselves. I am a horrible singer like even for Spice Girl standards, like horrible. But I I sang. I reckon I was probably 10. Yeah, maybe 10, 10 or 11. Belting my heart out to her. And as I got older, I look back at that moment and there was so much, there was clearly so much pain in me singing to her. If you don't know the song, I want you to listen to it after this podcast and really hear the words. Anyways, it's, it's, yeah, big. (laughs) So during that period, like I said, things spiraled really badly and there were moments of 
sheer craziness. I remember mum, I think she was going through chemotherapy because she wasn't drinking and mum, mum, where her bedroom, so mum and Louise slept in separate bedrooms, <laughs> a scandal. Um, and where mum's bed was, she was in like a sunroom slash study and her bedroom doors wasn't a normal door. They were like saloon doors, like a door cut in half attached on each side that like swung open. And so, um, welcome to Gold Coast Architecture. Um, and one night Louise had thought that we'd hid her pills and she went hysterically berserk for hours. And when I say hours, I mean it was easily from maybe 9 or 10 p.m. through to the early hours of the morning. It was constant. I went and slept in mum's room. And I don't know what time it was, but she burst through mum's doors, screaming. And I remember mum being nervous which of course made me nervous as a little boy but I ended up talking to Louise trying to defuse the situation keep in mind I was 9 or 10 trying to defuse the situation that led me down a path of being that person throughout my life. If there is a tense moment or someone is slightly unhinged or it's someone that I really care about, against my better judgment in my head, I will want to try and fix them and make them feel better. That is a direct sort of a connection to that period. I understand that my parents, when I say they tried their best with what they had, that's what I mean. Does it mean that I'm not angry? No. Does it mean it doesn't affect me? Absolutely not. But they did. And one thing that that my therapist, my psych has really helped me with is being able to sit with both of those feelings of love for them and also anger, but also trying to look at everything through an empathetic lens. If you have been through similar to me, and there are a lot of emotions, and particularly if you were younger when this was happening, there are a lot of emotions, emotions that come up, a lot. But if you think about it and think about that period through, through an empathetic lens, it does help. And I highly suggest that you chat to someone. I've said this in another episode I think that everyone should have a psych. I really do. Regardless of what you've been through in life, being able to talk through the moments in your life is just so good. 
if you are listening and you've been through this or you know someone that has, first of all, I want you to send them this podcast because I want to reach as many people as possible to help. But talk, talk to them. Let them know that this has worked for me and it may work for them. It may not. But talking to someone, looking at their childhood and the, particularly the times of mass trauma through an empathetic lens... The final thing that my psych told me, or not told me, but what we did in one of the sessions, is we gave my eight-year-old self a voice. So a voice that I was never able to have. We've given him a voice. And every time I'm able to look after myself, I'm giving eight-year-old Nick a hug. And that is life-changing. So I wanted to share just a, a glimpse into that period of my life. It was a very hectic period. There is definitely going to be more episodes on this where I dive into certain topics a bit deeper. Uh, in particular, some of the, the more traumatic period, but we, we won't do that in episode four. <laughs> we, will, we will do that a bit further in. Um, but I wanted to share this with you, like I said, for context, but also to share my story and to share what happened to me in the hopes of letting other people know that there are others out there that have gone through something similar. So, I'm going to leave it there. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Please make sure you follow both of the Instagram accounts, so the Open Drive and Nick Ginsberg, so both the podcast and my personal, and hit subscribe wherever you're listening. And I hope you have a fantastic time, whatever it is you're doing at the moment. I hope you are safe and well, and you look after yourself. Enjoy, and I will talk to you in episode five. See ya.